You're listening to the Spandex Power Armor Podcast. Going through the internet like crap through a goose. Hello and welcome back to part two of our Godzilla mini-series. This will likely be the last one as we don't have quite as much to go through this time. Rex, remember where we left off last time? Yes, I do. We were just finishing off the end of the Heisei series and then we were just starting to cut into Millennium. In this episode, we'll be going through Millennium and as a bonus, the American version. So this includes the animated series, the new films and quite a lot of moaning on our part, I expect. <laughs> I'll, um, we'll even throw in a uh, brief rundown of the comics as well, even though we did in a previous episode. We'll keep he it brief. He likes the comics. They're good things. Why would I not love them? So before we get into that, let us... We want to remind you that we are sponsored by Taku Toy Store. You can go there, you can buy things. It's pretty convenient if you're in Europe. If you're not, get knotted. Just buy action figures. Do it. They're great. You go get some Sentai to. stuff. Just kind of lean into the, uh, the man-child tendencies. It's, it's easier overall. You do that enough and you can join us on the podcast. Don't say no. Just live more. First on the list of the Millennium series is Godzilla 2000 Millennium. Quite deceptively named as it was released in 1999. And they lied. <laughs> it was only released four years after Versus Destroyer. After people think the franchise had gone for good, it had ended gracefully. Nope, they dug that horse up and they continued to flog it. Well, I mean, Godzilla's got a lot of life in him. He keeps on regenerating. And so, before we get started on the film, the Millennium series doesn't really relate to any prior canon except for the original 1954 movie and a few other Showa films for background and everything, especially in the Kyu Saga, which we'll get into. Yeah, that was a nice touch. And so Millennium itself is more of a generic Godzilla film, but it's also got the whole alien invasion thing, massive spaceship, horrible CGI. Oh man, they didn't really go into the whole alien invasion thing. I mean, um... Should we, we should summarize the plot first. Yes. It, it, basically, imagine uh, what was that film with like the the storm chase and the tornadoes? Oh, and, and Twister. They, yeah, and they got like the evil storm chasers because they sold out to the government and they have black SUVs. Is is that but replace replace the tornado with Godzilla? Oh yeah. And then aliens happen. And then aliens happened. It was quite bland, really. I mean, oh. I love the design of the monster that came out, like funky tentacle thing, just bad CGI. That's, uh, that's a bit lewd there, Rex. Hey, I'm I'm allowed to be a critic of tentacle monsters. <laughs> this is a, uh, a recurring segment we have on Latex Param where we critique tentacle <laughs> hentai. Uh, actually, no, this one cuts more into vore because then the tentacle monster... And what does it do? I can't remember for the life of me. Absorbs something and then becomes Augur. Yeah, which in the video games learns lucha techniques for some reason. Weird. Yeah, it, it um, originally tries to... Um, the, the alien squid thing grabs Godzilla and tries to absorb part of him, then it turns into Augur. Then it's like, oh, I've made a mistake. Well, I just eat him and then turn into him. Yeah, it just tries to straight up vore him. So, was it just it extends he, itself, it removes its own stomach from its mouth and just tries to swallow him slowly, morphing into him? Yeah, like you can see the uh, his back turning into those spines. It well, was actually, quite impressive. On the subject of uh, designs, this is the first... Uh, a Japanese green Godzilla, aside from the uh, little chibi one in Godzilland. Oh, hey, you're right. I'm not too fond of it, to be honest. I don't really like a green Godzilla, and the uh, and the purple uh, spines were just weird. Yeah, they tried to go for a very different design, and it was quite common throughout all of Millennium. They went for a more reptilian appearance, mm. uh, walking in a bit more of a slant rather than the typical upright Heisei one. I'd say this one actually bears a, a little bit of a resemblance to the one from King Kong vs. Godzilla in terms of the more reptilian head sculpt. Oh, hey, you're right. Personally, I love the poster and like, the DVD covers for it. Oh. It's a nice bit of artwork and it's great. That Godzilla on the cover and posters does not look like the Godzilla we got in the film, though. 
Ah, it's Japan. What do you expect? <laughs> no, it, uh, it wasn't a bad um, beginning of the Millennium series. It was um, made to uh, as damage control of sorts um, for the 1998 Godzilla movie. Oh, of course, you're very right. It even got a limited um, theatrical release in in America, if I uh, recall correctly. It had a uh, professional uh, dubbing job done. It wasn't handled by Omni Productions this time, thank goodness. Were there any decent uh, things in the dub that we got? I mean, was was Great Caesar's Ghost one in this? I think, no, yeah, oh, this that, was, that it was, was Crap Through a Goose crap and Great through Caesar's a goose. Ghost in this. That's it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like Crap Through a Goose. <laughs> Okay, is is that a saying? Is that a saying like people... Like crap through a goose? Yeah. D- I've heard similar things, but I don't think I've heard it used outside of references to this. I mean, does crap go through a goose more so than any other living creature? Okay, let's find some geese. I've got some bread with laxatives in it, nice. and we'll time it. <laughs> let's look at some goose crap. You're listening to the Spandex Goose Crap Podcast. All in all, Millennium was a return to form. Hmm. They tried to bring back Godzilla because they saw what the Americans did and were like, hey, hang on, that's kind of crap. Sod it, let's do our thing again. We can still make money, right? <laughs> let's show those Barker guys you know how it's done. And then they moved on later on to Godzilla vs. Megaguirus. And I'm quite surprised in this one because they bring back an evolved form of the monsters from Rodan. And not only that, but the actual little things from Rodan as well, the Meganula and the Meganulon. Yeah, and what happens if you irradiate one of those and do other black hole stuff? It becomes a great big thing. Of course. That's how black holes work, remember Space Godzilla? In terms of plot, an orbital weapon that fires black holes somehow creates some weird dimensional issue and then an ancient bug flies through into the present day and then just starts screwing everything up of of course that's it follows that that would happen tries to be alien in some ways <laughs> and, and of course that eventually is a giant one and Godzilla fights it and it's typical energy draining it's just uh it's like they're trying to do auger just here's something like it's a puppet it's a puppet and then there's then there's something with like a this woman has hang-ups about Godzilla because he killed a commanding officer or something like that. We don't, we don't really care. You can tell we're a little bit biased. We aren't too fond of Millennium. Well, I mean, I, I like the Millennium series in it general. It had a few good films. Megagurus was... For some reason, I just don't care for it. Um, it's, it seems like one of the most low-budget films because you can consistently see Megagurus's wires hang, holding her up. Well, it only had a 950 million yen budget, and it only took in about, what, 1.2 billion yen at the box office? Very, very slim profit margin there. I suppose it just sounds more because yen is, uh, tends to have more zeros than pounds do. What is that after Brexit? About 15 quid? <laughs> That's a bit optimistic, isn't it? Ah, true. Aside from bringing back uh, an old monster and giving it a, a new updated form, uh, I don't really rate it too highly. I have I think I've only seen it like three times. <laughs> uh, I liked how it had red spines. It was a different thing. They were experimenting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That reminds me. The, the ray color is different with these two films as well. It's like a kind of um, orangey, yeah, very pale orange. Hey, wait, maybe the Americans are watching this. Crap. They don't know it's blue. <laughs> Filthy casuals. We must appeal to them somehow. Normies leave. Re. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah. Giant monsters all out attack. Or GMK for short. They didn't have room, enough room on the poster for Baragon. Before we begin, we're going to just go through the many phases that this movie had because it has three monsters fighting Godzilla King Ghidorah, Mothra, and Baragon. Originally, they were going to use Anguirus and Varan instead. Mm. 
And that really is a shame they couldn't do that because I would have loved to see oh, yeah. Anguirus in something like this. I think I agree. I think that would have worked better as a film. In this, um, Mothra and King Ghidorah are massively underpowered and undersized because the uh, the director wanted Godzilla to be this you know unstoppable force that just you know couldn't you know, just walk through all of his uh, foes. So in this one, they had to turn King Ghidorah into this uh, little manlet oh, thing. Oh, it was so uh, weak. Babiroki. Yeah. Mothra's about half a size. It would make more sense if it, if it was... I mean, Baragon's about the same power level you'd expect him to be compared to Godzilla. But with uh, Anguirus and Varan, yeah, that would have made more sense if they were of similar sizes and powers. The designers were quite hung up on the fact that Varan mm-hmm. wasn't included in the movie, so they decided to give King Ghidorah Varan's face, like little Varan facial features on yeah. King Ghidorah's heads, which is very nice. And so essentially, the plot of the movie is... Zombie Godzilla, fresh out of 1954, he's possessed by the dead from World War II, and he's pissed because people have forgotten about the horrors of the Second World War. Isn't Godzilla kind of um, being controlled by the um, victims of uh, the Japanese aggression in the Pacific conflict or something like that? I don't know, but there are a lot of dead souls. It's basically just some nasty, horrible thing. It's a really interesting concept. Hmm. And with the design, it's very close to the 1954 one, especially mm. when compared to the early Millennium designs we've seen. It's more upright. It's very bulky. It's got funky white eyes as well. Yeah, I do like the face sculpt for it. And it was such... This is a good film now. This is a good film. Yeah. The other two films aside, they were kind of meh. But this one is the first decent Millennium film. Oh, yeah, really great. I think I find that the best Godzilla films are the ones that always have a uh, some kind of theme to them. Because a lot of them... Don't so much, but the ones that do, I think, are uh, better off for it. There's always this common trope in Millennium Godzilla that there's always a female lead who clues into things. And in this case, <laughs> it's a trash journalist for some <laughs> what it boring... BS Digital, uh, BS Digital Q or something like that. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Bargain, Bargain basement, basement of the, of the airwaves. airwaves. And she's just doing a History Channel-style thing on local monsters or something. Monsters. I'm not saying it's monsters. But it's monsters. But it's monsters. And then just picks up on weird things happening, people being attacked. And this means that eventually the Guardian monsters are coming back, and they're here to kick some ass and defend Japan from zombie Godzilla. This is probably the closest we'll ever get to that uh, that ghost Godzilla concept they were throwing around earlier. Yeah, it's definitely a different take they're using. It's got a more supernatural vibe, it's got a bit of mythology, so essentially Baragon, Mothra and Ghidorah are Guardian spirits. They were defeated by great heroes long ago, and then they slept underground for long periods of time. Although it hasn't really passed long enough for the monsters to actually be good yeah there's a plot point that um uh, that king Ghidorah is like an immature form of Oroki and he's only grown three heads just needs 10 it's like jesus man <laughs> really really underpowered and of course people only learn about the monsters from short disasters that happen say a bridge collapsing uh oh there's of course the usual fairly moral one with mothra and so basically a oh. bunch of biker thugs decide to drown a puppy and they weigh it down with sacred looking idols. <laughs> and it's just... it's just overkill for how much of an ass you can be. Yeah. Yeah, first off, let's um let's break into a corner shop and steal a bunch of booze and crisps, right? Second of all, let's steal the dog that was meant to be guarding it. Not only that, let's Put it in a crate we found, weigh it down with an idol, row out into the middle of a lake, and then throw, try and throw it overboard. This is extreme douchebaggery. Did they all have pompadours in that? No, no. 
they, they, they were like two. There was the biker gang that went around with like the obnoxious horns, and then there was the uh, the drunk teenagers oh, that you find yeah. in a uh, Friday the Thirteenth movie. It was so bizarre. And well, hang on a second. Does this mean that Mothra is a slasher villain in this film? Damn right. And of course, she comes out of the water, great big old puppet-looking thing in a larval form. And there's only like a news report of, hey, they found a doggo in a boat. He's the only survivor. <laughs> Finally, Japan understands. Don't kill the dog in movies. Don't break our hearts. And then there's the massive cocoon that's there, and it's all enchanting and stuff. They do have a cameo of two twins, so they don't sing, oh, yeah. and they're not midgets. After she sort of comes out of there and flows of wings, oh, it's so cool. Hmm. Well, this also is worse Mothra because she looks more like a wasp. Why, yeah. why does she have that little stinger thing? Stinger shotgun. It's very odd. It's strange for her to be CGI. Oh, man. I mean, it, she had a couple of puppet shots, but when she was flying around most of the time, it is CGI. It's it's a shame. Early 2000s Japanese CGI, too. I like the scene where it shows dormant King Ghidorah. Oh, yeah, like the ice crystal thingy. Oh, no, yeah. So you've got a guy trying to kill himself, <laughs> and it does the usual thing where he takes off his belt, trousers fall down, <laughs> tries to jump, and the tree just breaks on the ground. It breaks beneath him, and he sees a frozen King Ghidorah underneath him. Base Ghidorah saves you from suicide. <laughs> it's just terrifying. And so then you eventually have Godzilla fighting them. And so Baragon comes along, general monster eaters, and dies pretty quickly. Godzilla kicks him in the gravel pits. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so th- at one point, Godzilla's got him down, and he's kicking him between the legs. Yeah. And some guy, not sure, is it journalist or just some reporter some or someone relaying it? in a helicopter yeah. following it. saying, Godzilla is kicking him in the gravel pits. RKO out of nowhere! Just like, wow. And then again, in this case, Baragon is like a great big pink shaven cat. Oh man, and they, one of the few monsters, one of the only Toho monsters to be played by a woman as well. Oh yeah, and isn't there like a bit of footage of her yeah. suit actress going rawr and yeah, behind opens? the scenes, it's uh, it's when he's it's when Baragon's walking through the um, through the forest, so you can see from behind the scenes like green screens behind her, and uh, every, when she stops for us, rawr. Rawr. She does it in the it's cutest adorable. way, and it's just so cute. Would you not just want like a like a dog-sized Baragon as a pet, you know? Just going to stick like a dwarf or a child in a Baragon suit and you're sorted? Oh yeah, that works. Come to Rex's Monster Dungeon. <laughs> You'll never leave. This is basically Godzilla kicking everything's ass. Mothra dies after some heroic thing. I didn't really care much for that. And then there was this emphasis on Ghidorah being the last hope, and he's just this tiny, weak little thing. Ghidorah hasn't. They've changed something about Ghidorah's um, you know, initial origin. Like, a bit, you know, originally he was a uh, space dragon. Next, he was, um, you know, gremlins turned into a uh, weird time traveling dragon do. thing. And now he's Babiaroki. Well, he died really, really quickly. And then there was this weird, funky, magical thing where oh, he yeah. turned into basically, well, it's just the same thing, a bit larger, glowing rings around him. He also died quickly. Yeah. It's about it, and what the film ends by the combined forces of Baragon, Mothra, and Ghidorah just dragging Godzilla down by mm. more possession. Oh crap! We've got the dead. Then they have that thing with like those drill missiles. That they oh yeah, they do. And then he yeah gets swallowed by him, shoots him out in a submarine, that kind of thing. Oh. He drills a hole in his neck, and then he ends up killing himself. By now I remember. Yeah, because he keeps shooting oh. out of the side of his head. That was an amazing scene mm. that showed the breath coming out. I f- I'd completely forgotten about that. That's a good ending. I'd completely forgotten. And, oh man, nah, I just want to rewatch this film. The soundtrack was actually done by the same guy who did the soundtrack for uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. It was a memorable film. I'm really upset I forgot the bit about the drill missiles. <laughs> I swear they're also emphasising them earlier on in the film. Yeah, because uh, when Baragon first turns up, 
And that's the one with the bikers, because they're oh, driving yeah. through being assholes. And then um, Baragon crawls through the, kind of breaks through the tunnel while, while, um, while he's tunneling his way along. And, uh, and then they try and break the uh, bikers out with these uh, little missiles with drills on them. Oh, yeah. Because that, that sounds like a good idea. It's quite inventive. Let's use these rescue tools on monsters. There we go, burrow straight into them. It works. It's not a silly plan. And so after GMK, we move on to a pair of films which are the only two related ones in Millennium. Hmm. It's Godzilla against Mechagodzilla and Godzilla Tokyo SOS. They follow on from the plot of 1954 Godzilla, as well as the plots of the standalone Mothra films, as well as War of the Gargantuas, and also including Space Amoeba oh, in a cameo. Man. Yeah. And so essentially the background is, monsters have attacked over the years, and mankind must find a way to defend themselves. And with the return of Godzilla, what else do we do? We make a cyborg out of the bones of the first one. That also follows. That's exactly what I would do in that situation. It's a very Japanese way of dealing with things. And of course, there's the other human plotline that we have to care about, which is the strong female protagonist whose comrades were killed by Godzilla. She was a Mazer tank operator, and no one told her that Mazers weren't actually <laughs> useful at all. Yeah, her um, character arc is basically learning to... Maybe it's a good idea to have friends. Maybe. Yes, after being forced to work in a library as part of a really, really bad demotion. She mm. then decides, sod it, I'm going to pilot the giant robot. Yeah, get in the Kiru. We're not doing this again. No, the, um, Against Mechagods was actually the first Godzilla film I ever watched. I think it's a, I think it's a decent um, entry point to the series. It's recent enough to, um, you know, not put people off with the uh, goofy special effects. No, they are fairly goofy. But it's not quite as, um, Americanized, so it kind of gets people... I don't know, it starts putting, pushing them in the right direction to appreciate the others, I find, at least. It feels more like a live-action adaptation of an anime than anything else. It really does. And they've got some lovely scenes, wonderful cinematography. They've got the scene where Kiryu hears Godzilla's roar, goes berserk, just mm. walks through a building. Oh, man. And that is just such a lovely scene. You've got things genuinely going wrong. It's not dark and realistic as, say, Shin Godzilla, but... It's something, it's more substantial than any other Godzilla that you'd seen before. There's a decent amount of trial and error involved in making Kyuju. Yeah, and especially with the absolute zero cannon, that was an amazing yeah. thing. And so what they demonstrated initially on a small building, freezes it, Kyuju stomps his tail, boom, down. <laughs> and in the end of the film, it's done to try and trap Godzilla, creates this massive structure out of ice in the middle of the ocean. Oh, it's good. It's, it's a good film. And of course, they even hinted at Mothra in that film as well. As in Tokyo SOS, they straight up show Mothra because, hey, mankind's not doing a good enough job to get rid of Godzilla. And you'd better get rid of him fast or Mothra's going to turn on you. Yeah, it's a, a decent amount of foreshadowing they got going on there. I love Tokyo. SOS is probably the one I rewatched the most out of the two. Just love that uh, Mothra puppet they got going on there. It was a very well-made puppet. It was closer to show Mothra than anything else. Mm. It was nice, it was fluffy, it was what you'd expect out of Mothra. Yeah. And it just adds an extra feature to it, so they're not just making a Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, was it, duology? Yeah. Something like that. But they're just adding more monsters in as they go along, and Mothra itself feels like quite a fluid character it's genuinely making a threat against both sides because hey it's something defending the earth mankind's kind of screwing up as well yeah it's uh it's interesting how martha kind of turns up and says oi, oi mush would you mind not fiddling around with the souls of the dead that's kind of a bad idea yeah i mean he was kind of a bad guy but just stop it's like necromancy <laughs> yeah i said moth was kind of triggered by necromancy actually you say he was kind of a bad guy but 
I don't know, Kiryu was pretty pretty cool by the end of it. Well, you know? I'm talking like I'm talking like original Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, that's Kiryu was based right. on that. Yes, I know, but like, well, of course he was just being more territorial, but that was more character development. That was more him actually having capacities of some sort of cyborg. Mm. That's how he could that's how he could communicate that goodbye message at the end of Tokyo SOS. Yeah. Do they bring his soul back? Or was his soul just tied to the bones? What I think it's more like memories. And so just basic instincts. Mm. Not necessarily individual things, more just flashes of what he is. Japan, please stop bringing up necromancy. And of course, Mothra inevitably sacrifices herself with the whole funky wings thing. Oh, God, it does that tail-biting thing that everyone's oh, yeah. familiar with. Yep. What is it with twin Mothras? Uh, well, one of them has to die, of course. Yeah. What if, like, in the event that Godzilla doesn't kill one, how do they decide which is the main Mothra? Do they try and eat each other? I don't know, the first time in, in, in the Showa thing, um, when, when someone asks them, you know, what happened to the other Mothra? It died. Oh. Whoops. Oh. Yeah, it just... Just died off. I mean, how and why? Do they have some sort of Mothra Highlander going on? <laughs> like one of them has to kill the other one with a special sword. Yeah, just there can be only one. <laughs> just what Mothra's decapitating each other. <laughs> it's like battle. Oh, I'd love a kaiju battle royale. Come to think of it. Oh. Well, I suppose we kind of got that in the uh, last entry in the. Uh... Millennium Era, although that's mostly uh, one going against everyone rather than uh, them all going against each other. I'd love actually more like a Battle Royale style film, but everyone's being chased by a giant spider. I call it the Kamonga Games. The suits for the two movies were fantastic, albeit uncomfortable. Oh, there yeah. are tales of the Godzilla one. It's one of the best ones. Oh, yeah. It was apparently a nightmare to move in, so they had to redo it for SOS. I'd say that most of them would be a nightmare to move in. The thing is, though, that's the design that's mostly used in the uh, the American comics as well. Uh, oh. apparently, apparently that was something that Toho specified. I'm not sure why. I'm not complaining. It's probably my second favorite Godzilla design, but... It's weird it's that specific one. Hmm, because I've... Actually, that's the reason why it's in most of them. There are a few where they use the Heisei designs, but they're the older ones. I personally hmm. prefer the Heisei stance. It's just more upright. Yeah. And this one's a bit more, well, not so much realistic, but more reptilian. Definitely more reptilian, yeah. They did a better combination of uh, suit designs in Final Wars, but we'll get to that in a moment. Mm -hmm. Another uh, nice little reference to uh, previous movies was the return of one of the characters from the original Mothra. He was, uh, what was he, like some kind of linguist or something like that, that they go... They go to Infant Island, and he's one of the ones that meet the fairies. Oh, that's a, I love it when they do cameos like that. Yeah, especially when it's not just like a, a Kira Takarada playing a, uh, playing different characters. It's an actual character from a previous film coming back in, in the same role. These two films are quite special because they're not just sequels to Godzilla. They're sequels to lots of other kaiju movies. Yeah, because... Um, oh, what's the turtle called? Um, Kamebus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kamebus washes up on the shore. Great big Godzilla bite taken out. <laughs> oh, man. It's such a strange concept, but it somehow works. It feels like more of a manga than turned into an anime than turned into a live-action film. It mm. has that level of quality and polish that somehow it has great writing. Yeah. Wasn't uh, wasn't Kamibus originally going to be uh, Anguirus? Oh. Yeah, and uh, they realised that, hang on a sec, maybe people really like Anguirus. Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> See a giant Anguirus corpse wash up. <laughs> <laughs> All the fans would just have heart attacks. And then again, you'd have the same bunch of frothy neckbeards, like, no, but they're friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I suppose it would kind of suck, but then again, it would be interesting to see the kind of design they'd give Anguirus in this. Oh, just actually, then it would have turned into something like a Millennium Raids again. Yeah, we, we just need more. We, we just need more Anguirus. Just, just show a design Anguirus, please, not Millennium. 
please give us more Anguirus. We need it. It's Anguirus was so strangely underrated yeah. in what he was shown on film. For some reason, he's just there. He's like a staple kaiju. Oh yeah, he has a definite presence in the show films that people tend to kind of forget. I really hope that uh, somehow Legendary picks him up oh, later yeah. on. I mean, somehow they got Rodan, but mm. Anguirus. Yeah, either Anguirus or King Caesar. I mean, I know we're never going to get King Caesar, but I, I can still, I can still hope. Could have something with a bit of personality. Yeah. And so, speaking of Anguirus and King Caesar, they are in the next movie, Godzilla, Final Wars, oh. Toho's cheesy farewell to the saga, official, honest, we swear, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, we made it this time. <laughs> it's a very odd movie. It's essentially a retelling of Destroy All Monsters, and it's just got lots of things mixed in. It includes the Exilians again coming in. They're warning mankind that monsters are attacking. Don't worry, we've saved you. We we definitely didn't summon them and attack the world. Also, Planet Goroth's going to crash, so you might want to do something about that. And, oh, look, we've we've abducted your people and brought them back, and we, we want to make space nations. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And, well, obviously Don Fry isn't having any of that. Don Fry, at this point, yeah, it's Don Fry as Don Fry as Jason David Frank as Don Fry. <laughs> in, well, he's in prison for doing for something. he didn't commit. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was being an ass. Oh, yeah, it was being a bit of an insubordinate of ass when fighting Manda. In, oh, yeah, the Gatengo's in this movie. Yes. The Gatengo. And, of course, we need to mention the original thing. In the first scene, Godzilla is being frozen. Is it in the Arctic or Antarctic? Antarctic, I think. I can, we cannot... Actually, the Antarctic. Are you sure? Cause yeah, because he's attacked by a giant penguin when he wakes up. <laughs> um, chainsaw <laughs> penguin. Um, so, yeah, that he's frozen then by the Gatengo, just launching him in. and It's, it's weird. We're, we're approaching this from a really weird angle. Yeah, I... Okay. It's got loads of references. Like, Gorath is... Isn't that the name of the film that Maguma is in? Yeah. Then you got the uh, Gatengo, the Exilians. It's strange. This is a Toho cluster look. It's insane. Oh, and also Mankind have found this race of um, mutants, so then we can make our own Matrix ripoff alongside everything else. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. This decides to be the Matrix Reloaded. It's got a motorcycle fight scene for some reason. Are you complaining about that? Actually, no. I like that. But the mutants wear colanders. I suppose it's to kind of a, it's more of a challenge to their enemies. You have to fire in between in the little holes they've got going on. And if you defeat them, you can finally strain that pasta. <laughs> also, it's one of the most bizarre lines in a Godzilla movie. When uh, when the edgy mutant kills Ibira, or is about to kill Ibira, he says, Sorry, I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> what does this that mean? movie is so bizarre. What does it mean? And in true Millennium form, there is a female journalist. It's no, mostly journalist. No, she, no, she's a journalist, isn't she? No, she's a biologist. Because uh, then... Um, well, why are you thinking she's a journalist? We think of GMK. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this one's a biologist, because uh, the uh, the mutant decided to get be a bodyguard. Like, you sure are a biologist? You look more like a model. Oh, yeah, my bad. Oh, dear, Rex made us screw up. We're going to have to redo the entire cast... All 17 hours of it. And of course, this plucky young lady realises that the aliens are trying to take over the world as they've replaced the world's leaders. And she does it in a very strange way. So she interviews this new Dr. Breen-type leader. Wait, no, you're... <laughs> Sorry, you're right. There is a, uh, a reporter character. They're sisters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, biology... no, there we go. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, yeah. that explains that it. That explains it. We thought they were the same. <laughs> Can oh, you tell that oh, we're dear. not... Oh, dear. Oh, no, the fans are coming for us. They're at the door. No. No. <laughs> so, yes, anyway, the reporter sister then interviews Mr. World Leader Pants and says, Hey, are you missing anybody? Uh, no. She pulls out this little doggo. Ah, uh, yes. 
Clinto, my doggo. Yeah, I said, oh, don't you remember? You had this dog named Clint. It's <laughs> like, yes, this must be my dog, yes. And it's like, no, this is my dog. Therefore, you're an alien. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Oh, no, they'd already worked out he was an alien because uh, some cultist had stabbed him. Oh, yeah, and he didn't and blink. Then, yeah, no, yeah, he didn't blink. Then they got some blood samples and they're like, this guy's an alien. Then they decided to humiliate him on uh, international TV. For for a weird, cheesy movie, this is an oddly complex plot. We're just approaching it in a non-linear way. It's almost like the US elections as directed by Hideaki Anno. But uh, after it's all exposed, it's a pretty straight shot. Um, you know, get in the uh, giant submarine flying machine, get Godzilla, get Godzilla back to Japan and kick alien ass. Pretty much, yeah. So the aliens then bring on every monster that has been there before, as well as Gigan, which was some fossilized bloke they found. Mm. And yeah, so the Gotengo rushes to the South Pole and is like, quick, gotta blow everything up. Wake Godzilla <laughs> up. Some random guys and some station monitoring it die in some inevitable explosion. R.I.P., I guess. And there's this lovely scene where they thaw Godzilla out. He's still alive and he's still technically fighting. And the first thing he sees is the Gotengo. He's the fire in his eyes and yeah. it's just so cool you know what really weirds me out about that whole scene though what the uh one of the blokes in the uh the base there he's got uh he's got nipples on his string vest what you're talking like nipples through the vest no, or no, no i'm talking like... about i'm talking about nipples sewn onto his vest see i never picked up on that you you didn't see the big old nipples on his on his vest i was thinking more about waiting to see the monsters i wasn't focusing on the nipples well ex- excuse me i have particular tastes okay and i can't help it he just, oh, I'm on nipple watch. <laughs> yeah, nipple's there. He just jot it down in a little notebook. Nipple. Timestamp, one hour, eight minutes. Saw nipple. The duration, five frames. <laughs> really, really pissed off the whole time. There is a nipple here. Children are seeing this movie and there is a male nipple. What are you doing? Hide the nipple. Hide the nipple. I want no pelvic thrusting in the outro theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually represent a uh, Japanese parental watchdog group, and we take nipples very seriously. You're the reason why Champ no longer thrusts. Yes. And so, anyway, we have the first proper kaiju fight between Godzilla and Gigan. Mm. And I love Millennium Gigan. It's a perfect design. We'll talk about the designs later. But it doesn't really end well for Gigan this fight because he gets re- Godzilla gets reeled in by Gigan's funky python things. Looks kind of funky. Then suddenly Godzilla just blasts his head off. <laughs> I think this must be the most straightforward Godzilla we've ever had. He does not mess around. And this is shown during every fight, mm. as in they even bring back the American Godzilla uh, from 1998. Like 15 seconds or something. Yeah, while some 41 are playing in the background. It's why, just bizarre. Why was some 41 there? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's America. Let's let's do that. I guess. And this these scenes are very strange, but it is what you'd expect as a Godzilla fan. It's got Godzilla blazing through everything. He's fighting Kamakura, he's doing some funky camouflage thing. Yeah. Like, he's using his intelligence, his own way to deal with things, grabs Kamonga by the web, flings him into the distance. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can, in the fight with Kamakura, you can definitely see he's kind of putting together what's going on. And then kind of waits to grab it and then throw it back around and impale it on a pylon, that kind of thing. You can tell they're trying to cram a lot of short scenes in, oh, yeah. but they demonstrate this is a very intelligent Godzilla. This is a very big, dangerous guy. This is great for fan service. It's a crappy movie, but it's a great fan service thing. It's the great way to end it because it is nuts. It's mental. And, it's the best oh. fan movie ever made. Then they stick him in a fight with Rodan, Anguirus, and King Shisa, and oh, it's beautiful. Mm. This probably has one of the biggest monster rosters. I mean, just going through this, we've got Godzilla, 
We've got Rodan, Anguirus, Zilla, King Caesar, Kamakuras, Kumanga, Manda, Ebira, Gigan, it is Mothra, mental. Manila, Let's not talk about Manila. <laughs> oh, We're going to ignore that. Okay, whatever. So Hunter finds small Manila thing. A kid is like, no, don't shoot him. And then the Manila thing just follows him around and then yeah. goes to Godzilla. It, we, we don't talk about that. We'd rather not. But there's this really nice fight scene with, what was it, Godzilla with Ibira and Hedora? Only oh, a yeah. few seconds long. They just get blasted out of the ocean and then once... Uh, Ebira accidentally stabs um, Hedora in the face and they get shot. Yeah, they, what, they get pinned against a building and Godzilla just blasts them away. It's yeah. insane. They made a new Hedora suit for only a few seconds worth of scene. And I'm so upset they didn't add anything to that. N- no extra scenes. Man. It is a shame. It's a massive shame. The only thing they could have done better in this... Well, they could have done a lot of things better, but what I really wanted is more monster scenes. We just want more of the monsters on screen. I suppose, but if we did that, it would just be... It would just be monster... It would just be monster scenes. There would be no human... You know, no human scenes at all. Who's complaining? Yeah, true, true, true. All we need is just Don Fry looking concerned for a couple of frames every <laughs> ten minutes, and <laughs> no, we're no, we done. Need, we need Don Fry to join in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, there's the eventual bit at the end where Godzilla finally gets the alien ship and the Gatengo then tries to board it and this one mutant that we were supposed to like for some reason sort of gets in fights the Exilians there are some funky scenes with swords and guns and whatever and so then it turns into this Matrix style fight scene between handsome alien guy and mutant bloke and it's just your typical, ah, mutant bloke is now corrupted. Quick, use this thingamabobber, this MacGuffin that Mothra gave us. What was that? Like, uh, you know, you and I, we are Kaiser. Yeah, they're just special magic people. And so he's inevitably saved, and it's just mental. And all the while during this, another monster fights Godzilla. A fairly competent one as well. It's Monster X. That's probably one of the best monster designs in the Millennium series. I love the whole kind of uh, black unsuit skeleton thing you got going on he's a he's a skeleton man he is a very unique kaiju he is a nice original one that people brought in and it was great and there's this lovely scene where he appears where he's just floating down and of course spoiler alert well you've you've all seen this movie or me you'll never see it because you're filthy savages he is the larval stage of king Ghidorah. And you can tell with the tails and the heads in the side that is just so funky i wish it was king Ghidorah. Kaiser Ghidorah. Uh, Worst Ghidorah. Okay, and so evil alien bloke then releases his power into Monster X, and there's this funky, this is quite a good transformation scene, where he just sort of falls to his knees and just transforms, wings grow, extra heads form. I do like the bit like the shoulder heads, like those kind of bulk out of then kind of start pinging off. Oh god, and the horns form, and the wings flourish. Just fantastic sequence, but just not a very good kaiju design. It's like, okay, Uh, four-legged Ghidorah. Please no. It was kind of meh, especially in comparison to the 90s form, which yes. was one of the best Godzilla designs. And then there's the usual thing where Godzilla's being strangled. Oh yeah, I got the strangle thing. Oh, they even got like the stomping on the head, tossing him around. It was just brutal. It's like a. It turns into like this four-way um, battle with uh, the new and improved Chainsaw Guy and fighting oh, yeah. Mothra. Oh yeah, we get Chainsaw Guy on it. Okay, what do we do to improve a monster after it's dead? Quad chainsaws. Of course, yeah, not just one, not just two, we've got Four chainsaws. Quadruple chainsaws and a neck brace. and it's... Also nipple discs. Yeah, oh, yeah. He can nipples. Now fire... Oh, yeah. Nipple watch. Uh, he can fire razor blades out of his nipples, and Mothra does some funky stunt thing, then causes them to fly back at him and chop his head off. And she gets set on fire and somehow survives. Oh, yeah. She crashes into him. Yeah. 
That is quite mental. This is a this is a mess of a movie. They have no time to mess around. They've got so many things going on at once, and then what? Mutant bloke does this funky thing where he transfers his powers into Godzilla and yeah. gives him a really powerful beam attack and but something. Like Tengo for some reason has these rings that can kind of it, it, spin it's, around. It's Japan. Everything follows anime things. Even every car they have can channel superpowers. We don't care about the plot details. It looked cool. It had one of the best breath attacks. It was just oh, good. Yeah. And then Godzilla sees the Gatengo, tries to fire at it, but then for some reason that Minilla grows big, and it's just silly. Do we have to talk about Minilla? No, let's just ignore the ending. Let's talk a bit about the suits. One of the best Godzilla suits. Oh, my favorite. The lightest, most agile, apparently most comfortable to wear Godzilla suit. And it's it's great. I think it's a great um, adaptation of uh, the more classic design. It's got the old maple leaf um, ah, uh, yes. spines back. I think it's really good. It's got the little ears. Kind of looks a bit more like the um, the Heisei suit as well. It's as if Heisei Millennium were merged, mm. and it's genuinely quite a nice suit to look at. It's more of a tribute than anything else. This is a tribute movie, and so they just yeah. pull everything together. I'm just disappointed that there is not as much monster fight scenes. Well, there's a lot of them. They just don't just go need on. To be more. Yeah. For all the monsters they've got... Surely they can stick a few more in, just cram them in, have a bit more Hedora screen time. You just want another Hedora movie, don't you? Well, yeah, Hedora was the best. That, or just a little bit more time with Monster X. Isn't like the scene where he spawns, because, oh yeah, Gorath is actually just a vehicle for Monster X, big-ass yeah. asteroid. Godzilla shoots it down. Yeah. The thing is in low orbit, and it's like... Yeah, it's, great. it's a nice little reference to, um, you know, uh, King Ghidorah, kind of uh, how he didn't... You don't really seem flying oh, through space. Yeah. You seem kind of transported. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. That's really good. Kind of reminds me of um, Vultureman as well with the uh, travel orbs. <laughs> uh, all it's in all, all connected. <laughs> all in all, it was just a great way to end it. It didn't have the somber note that Heisei ended on. It mm. was just, okay, here's everything. Let's stick everything in. Here be monsters. And uh, it was beautiful, it was conclusion, and it took over a decade for another film to come out, Shin Godzilla, but we'll go into that at some other point. We'd have some massive special over it. Oh, yeah. But, uh, wow, it's just the end. Japan did their thing. It's caused quite a massive fan base. Still goes on. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Toho were fairly serious about stopping us for a while. They, they didn't say it was this, you know, forever. They said, yeah, we're going to take a break for for a while. They even filled in, you know that big old um, tank they had? Oh, yes. For filming water scenes. They filled it in, turned it into a uh, parking lot. Wow, that's depressing. Yeah. That's really, really depressing. Right. Goodbye, hopes and dreams. Wow. And so on the other side of the pond, while Japan was calling it a night, actually throughout the 90s as well, the Americans were doing their thing with Godzilla. Oh, boy, yes. The 98 movie. Uh, Yay, that's a lot of fish. It. We aren't going to go into too much depth on this. It's just monster that you assume was made from irradiated iguanas. I mean, uh, I'm. This is the first film with Godzilla in I ever watched, and you can rage at me all you like. Oh, it's not my Godzilla, but it's called Godzilla, and it's uh, yeah, they say Godzilla a lot in it. I liked it as a kid. I liked it when oh, I was yeah. a kid. It was fine, it but it's kid. just not a good Godzilla film. That's the just, first uh, Godzilla film I, I watched, and so I, I, with my nostalgia, I'm inclined to be kinder to it i i can see this an all right movie if you take it as not being godzilla like taking with the with the context of gmk or final wars 
where um, you know it's a mistake. The Americans didn't realize it wasn't actual Godzilla. Then yeah, fine, it, it's fine. Actually, they did a reference to that in GMK. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, something resembling Godzilla attacked New York. It wasn't really though. Yeah, I think Godzilla '98 is saved a little more. You know. Yeah, it was just meh. It had quite a high-end cast. I mean, a lot of people from like The Simpsons are in oh, there, yeah. and most of the voice actors. It was just quite jarring. Only um, Emmerich and Zemeckis like The Simpsons, I guess. Yeah, it even just... had um, Jean Renault in it as well. I know. What the hell? This was an oddly fancy lineup for a movie like this. I was in Leon's Operational, you know. What am I doing here? Of course, the movie wasn't that great, but one redeeming quality is the 90s desire to always always make an animated series out of something. And there was Godzilla the series, which mm. was an actual Godzilla thing. It was closer oh, yeah. to Showa Godzilla than anything the West had done. It was great. I mean, I love it so much, I got it on DVD, the whole set. It is, it is wonderful. Godzilla actually has a beam attack in this. He's much more durable. It's actually quite a uh, quite similar to the old Hanna Barbera cartoon, you know, where they'd where we they'd don't s- talk about the old Hanna Barbera one. Jesus Christ! What, what about Godzuki? Shh, <laughs> he's <laughs> no, dead I, to us. <laughs> they'd have this way of summoning Godzilla and making him fight. There's even a, a monster that kind of resembles like a you know Crustaceous Rex. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like a monster in that they have a similar fight like with the tentacles and stuff. It's a neat little uh, little reference, I guess. And it's actually, as expected, it's a sequel to the film. So it's that one egg that you see at the end of 98 Godzilla, hmm. and it just hatches and then really, really gets attached to Nick Tartopoulos. Yeah, he's the first, um, Nick is the first person he sees, and he kind of imprints on him, and then that's... Apparently he's a baby duck. Yeah. It's just such a good series. So they keep Godzilla around a small team of people, and there's a monster, quick, get him! And it's just yeah. satisfying. Like, uh, they even have, uh, they even bring the Godzilla back from the movie as oh, Cyberzilla. yeah. Yeah. That is funky. It's just like it's not just a like full-on robot. It's actual like um, cyborg like decaying thing. body with bits stuck to it. It's great, like missile pods on the on the spines. It's uh, a really neat design. That was one upside of '90s cartoon adaptations. I think it was made by the same people who did the Men in Black one. Yes, yeah. If any of you haven't watched the '90s Men in Black cartoon, please watch it. It is amazing. I think they were both. Were they both produced by uh, how do you pronounce it? Dwayne Capizzi? Capizzi? I don't know, but it's got a very similar animation style. Yeah. And I just thought, ooh, it must be the same guys. Yeah, it was definitely the same studio. They used the source material really well. It's as if they actually looked at the old Godzilla thing and thought, hey, how do we adapt this to the West? And how do we make it so kids would watch it? Well, importantly, they had to fit it in with the the film as well. And I think they found a great uh, kind of medium point between all of that. Yeah. Oh, everything can be saved by good writing. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the design for Godzilla is not Godzilla, but the way he acts and how powerful he is more than makes up for that with the addition of competent writing. Yeah, oh, we can wax lyrical about this mm. all day, but we've got to warp into the near present with Godzilla 2014. Oh boy. Um, mixed feelings uh, describes my opinion of this film. Okay, so for the lowdown for the lot of you... It is mostly bulky jarhead marine running, looking concerned, with blurry footage of Godzilla in the background, and also like ten minutes of Brian Cranston. <laughs> yeah, the um, the whole joke of uh, yeah, where's my wife featuring Godzilla being the more accurate title of the movie is uh, it's it's accurate. It, yeah. yeah, this doesn't feel like a proper Godzilla movie. It's enough to get you hyped for say a sequel. But, dear lordy, it was not properly done. The characters were so underwritten, even for a Godzilla film. Uh, 
and it's just great big CGI Godzilla. The fight scenes were okay, satisfying. Um, they only used the breath like a couple of times near the end, though. Just like, no, more. And also very tiny beam. And you had great big yeah. bulky beam. As in, this is the Godzilla on steroids. He's jacked. He's mostly torso. He's a chunky boy. He's a chunky boy. He's thick. Extra thick. Thickzilla. Uh, see, we're clued in on memes. We can do the May Maze. And it's just an interesting attempt to semi-reboot. And it's just, it's America. What would you expect? It's not a bad film. No, it's it's not bad. It's just not great. It, it has some good things to it. The Muto designs are, are they're kind of overplayed. Like uh, American, America loves their whole weird spindly long-limbed monsters. But I, I think he was... It could have been salvaged. I, I, I respect what Gareth Edwards was trying to do, especially with the uh, the shots of Godzilla. You, you only ever see Godzilla from an angle or a perspective where a human could Yeah, be. it was more realistic in that sense. I find in this one they were just laying the foundation for doing the whole Monsterverse thing. So yeah. they introduced Monarch, and they're like, okay, we've been trying to kill giant monsters a long time. Those nuke tests that we had in the ocean, we were trying to kill Godzilla. He just got angrier. <laughs> yeah, we, we, uh, we made a mistake. And so it then sees Godzilla as more of a force of nature and being territorial and everything. He's not really an antagonist. No, actually, he's uh, surprisingly heroic in this. He actively avoids doing damage to the military vessels, that kind of thing. I don't really like that because you can... I don't mind a neutral Godzilla. That's fine. Mm. But I want a Godzilla who, unless he's been through like, the Showa era and has kind of been softened by Manila, I don't want a Godzilla that is actively concerned with humanity. I just... Yeah, I want him to be more just kind of doing his own thing and... Yeah, you know, if you get in his way, you get in his way. I'd be fine with that if it were a few films in, after a lot of engagements, and more like Final Wars Godzilla, so having yeah. more intelligence. That'd be more like Kong, though, so that's kind of an issue. Mm. As in, if you give it to an intelligent Godzilla, and just over time, several films, he realises that they aren't a threat. Well, I don't think there's anything in this film that indicates that he's unintelligent. He does have that scene where he kind of makes eye contact with uh, with Ford, See, oh, how could he I even see his, him? I remember his name now. I oh, remember his name. Ford? That yeah. Name? Oh, I keep forgetting, um, you know, uh, squat. Um, Slab squat thrust. Yes, or Big Muck Large Huge. <laughs> Flint, Iron Stag. Yes, we've seen MST3K. We are, we're the nerds as well. One day we'll make original jokes. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I always forget his name because he's so d- generic. He's just so bland. It's boring. Really? And, uh, we... All this did was make us excited for the MonsterVerse. And of course, we've got King of the Monsters coming out oh. fairly soon. See, with how good um, Kong was, I'm yeah, I'm more optimistic about King of the Monsters now. For more information about Kong, please listen to our Skull Island special. King of the Monsters itself was revealed in the end of Skull Island, where, mm. surprisingly, when we saw it together, very few people actually stuck around to the end because they've never watched a Marvel movie. <laughs> Most of the uh, the theatre just got up and left. It was like, just um, me, you, our friend Jack, um, like three other people. It was just mental. Mm. And of course, we were so hyped when we saw the cave paintings of Godzilla and Rodan and Mothra. And of course, when you see King Ghidorah. It's so good. We're going to see monster fights. And hopefully the directing staff will learn from the mistakes of 2014. Well, they already did with, um, with Kong. So I'm, yeah, I'm optimistic for the future. Yes, although I'm not too sure about the director they're getting on for that, because they tend to get people who are relatively unknown. Yeah. So it's more like testing how effective they are at it. I guess, I don't know, I don't mind that so much. I mean, it's not like Gareth Edwards was a bad director, he just wasn't great with uh, 
His ideas just didn't work quite as well as I think he hoped they would. No, it didn't show up too well on the screen. No. And, um, well, we have got a decent cinematic universe ahead of us. There are going to be a lot of movies. There's going to be Kong and Godzilla, and then we're going to have King of the Monsters. It's just going to be good. That's pretty fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really hoping they have more than one extra Kong film, because he's oh, a yeah. character that you can build on. Absolutely. He's going to get a lot bigger and... You've, you've got to have something. Now, we also have uh, Godzilla Monster Planet coming out oh, this yes, year. Oh, yes, that anime. Yeah. it's um, Unfortunately, I think it's going to be CGI because it's made by, what are they called, Polygon. Oh, I'm not too sure. I haven't uh, really looked into it because I like to avoid hype. I suppose that's uh, sensible. I have not learned that lesson yet. Do you, do you, do you know the, pre- the premise of it, at least, though? I do not. Do tell. Well, monsters are a thing, and they're, you know, they're messing stuff up. So humanity decides, well, maybe we shouldn't do this. Let's just bugger off to this uh, this other planet we found. So they do that, and they get halfway there, and uh, things are going wrong. So there's this uh, kind of separatist movement in the, uh, the kind of the spaceship, saying we should go back to Earth. It's crap here. So they decide to do that, but because of like what's it called, time dilation or something, oh, something yeah. like that. Um, a lot of time has passed on Earth, and Godzilla's been left alone with a bunch of other monsters, apparently. So this is not the Earth they left. Well, yeah, they leave it because the monsters. What do you think the monsters are going to do? They're yeah. going to screw everything up. So that's. I'm really looking forward to what they're doing. This is going to be a very different Godzilla story. Seems very close, sort of, to the Godzilla comic that you mentioned in Cataclysm, the previous yes. one. Yes. So essentially, instead of them living through the apocalypse, they come back until after the apocalypse, where yeah. all the monsters are about. And of course, you love the comics. How about we chat about those a little before the end? Let's talk about the comics. Um, they're good. They're good. They're good. Good stuff. Yeah. Best stuff. <laughs> Decent artists, just good. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm a big fan of the IDW um, series of comics. It's not so much one ongoing. They, they do. They did have one. It's a lot of um, shorter runs, though. Uh, you know, Kingdom of Monsters, Gangsters and Goliaths, Legends, Half Century War, which is my absolute favorite. I love the artwork in that. Rulers of Earth, uh, Cataclysm. In Hell, Oblivion. Oh, I've heard about In Hell. Oh, I've seen a few bits of that. That is amazing with the artwork. In Hell is an interesting, uh, an interesting comic to read. It's not your typical Godzilla, and it's very self-explanatory. Godzilla goes to hell. Can you tell we've run out of ideas yet? <laughs> well, it's um, it's a very, it's very free of dialogue. It has some narration, but it's mostly just Godzilla going through the different circles of hell, and. Well, fighting his way back out of hell. I mean, the basic backstory is that Godzilla and Space Godzilla fought and fought so hard that Earth died. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Wow. Yeah. And so Godzilla went to hell. Yep, Godzilla went to hell because where else is he going to go? Uh, I don't know. Chilling with Xenu or something? True, true. Uh, Godzilla Oblivion is some some blokes create a uh, an interdimensional portal thing. They go to a planet. Um, whoops. There are monsters. Actually, bring mon- it, it's this weird thing. They kind of keep trying to shove monsters through the portal to kind of free one Earth. It's, it's just it's, Rick and Morty. Oh, no, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Rick screws up and Godzilla arrives. Yeah, it's. I'm not too fond of it. It's It's fun enough, I suppose. It's not the best. Legends was an interesting, uh, interesting. It's like an anthology thing. You know, each one would focus on a different monster. And it also gave us the fight we're all looking for. Anguirus versus Destroyer. It's a, that is not the best matchup. That is the worst. Spoiler alert, Anguirus wins. What? How? Yeah. How? A lot of luck. You're so lucky. <laughs> he doesn't so much win as survive. 
But uh, overall, I'd say the IDW comics are pretty decent. Um, Half Century War is definitely my favourite. It kind of follows this one bloke through about 50 years of his life fighting Godzilla. And yeah, the art style is great. Rex. I loved that one, actually, yes. because it's got some strange thing where it turns into The Last of Us, but with kaiju. <laughs> so one guy's looking after this little kid who's orphaned, and she's like all young and stuff, and he's having to kill people and be like, no, 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 just hide. And at some point, for some reason, they come across the remains of Mechagodzilla. Yeah, Kingdom of Monsters had a kind of um, Last of Us thing. They come across Mechagodzilla and fight. Yeah, it's a, like it's a marine bloke and a little girl. Oh, pirate. that's it. It was Kingdom of Monsters. Yeah. It's like, you have got to be kidding me. That even That's actually kind of a plot point in uh, Rulers of Earth when he comes back and uh, applies for a position on this Godzilla team. You know, uh, you know what kind of cre- uh, credentials do you have? You know, why should we give you this position? Do you know anyone else who piloted a giant robot against Godzilla with a little girl as his co-pilot? <laughs> uh, there's a nice amount of suspension of disbelief here, and it's it's Godzilla comics. You don't need oh, any yeah. dark realism. You've got to be over the top, because that's what people want. It's like watching a Bollywood movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, it even crosses into that kind of thing with uh, the amount of absurdism you get, because uh, J- Jaguar pilots Kiju. That is amazing. Uh, Russians. The, the, one of my favourite um, covers from this is Russian Mechagodzilla. So that was parade with the Showa Mechagodzilla being uh, at the head. Oh. And you got a bunch of drunk Russians holding vodka bottles. By the Kremlin wonderful. as well. Oh, it's, it's just good stuff. There is so much effort put into it. And mm. they take liberties because it's Godzilla. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff with it. They're not so much concerned with creating a uh, consistent universe as they are with showing fans what they want. And they they do. Like, uh, it starts off with Showa Gigan, And then when he gets beaten too much... The aliens controlling him says, well, looks like it's time for an upgrade, and Millennium Gigan comes out. It seems that America is not doing well with Godzilla on the film front, but when it comes to cartoons and comics, they've got it right, Mm -hmm. because they don't need to work on the constraints of a Hollywood movie. No. They're like, okay, we've got some talented artists, got some talented writers, boom, done, effort. Yep. And on the subject of comics, Rex, Dark Horse Comics... Oh, those beauties. So Mm. essentially, the two of us met after reading the same Dark Horse comics based on the Heisei design. It was lovely. It was a bunch of black and white things. It was okay. Yeah, Dark Horse are great for their licensed comics. They did a great Alien series. Oh, yes. It was fine. I personally preferred IDW for the effort, but Dark Horse did some very Showa-esque stories. Yeah. I think Godzilla was also responsible for the Titanic sinking. And Pompeii. Yeah. And uh, and the Spanish Armada being wrecked off the coast of England. Let's stick him underground. Uh-oh. <laughs> Seismic activity. Mwah, mwah. That was a weird storyline they had. Like, he gets a uh, scientist from the future, comes and kidnaps Godzilla. I'm going to use you to hold everyone hostage so I can nick stuff. Okay? I swear that was an episode of Star Trek. It could well be. Wait, Godzilla's in Star Trek? No, just going around into the future and nicking things. Nothing too special. Oh, no Godzilla in space. No. Space Godzilla, if you will. Fine, we'll make the spurgiest mashup of Space Godzilla versus the Enterprise D. Oh, and don't. what we'll do is I'll get a bunch of action figures and do the voices for each and wiggle them in front of a drawing of the bridge, and I'll do this to annoy you. Calm down there, Chris Chan. <laughs> Wait, hang on, isn't there isn't there Ghidorah versus USS Enterprise fan art out there? I swear I've seen that. Okay, we've got to dig this up somewhere. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'm sorry. I, I know I took the pee, but dear lordy, if someone drew that. You're a bit of a hypocrite, aren't you, Rex? Yeah, I'm Hippocritimus Rex. Mm. You are walking mm. into these. And on the on the subject of comics, there is also the Marvel ones. I've not read too many of those, but they did introduce a character I do love, Red Ronin. It's a giant, Ooh, giant robot. Ooh. Vice Godzilla. 
Also, weirdly enough, crosses over with the Avengers. Uh, Nick Fury is in it. Well, knowing Marvel, at least they didn't make Godzilla a, a gay black woman or anything. <laughs> no, no, they, uh, they lost the license for that wages before. Smush though. patriarchy. Scree! Oh, no. Wait, no, that's just the sequel to Precious. <laughs> oh, there goes all our credibility. What little we had. <laughs> yes. And so this concludes our merry little romp through Millennium and through the many American adaptations. Of course, we'll touch on Shin Godzilla and later Godzilla movies in future podcasts. Yes. But um, we've covered a lot so far. If there's anything we've missed, please tell us. We're going to give a few shout-outs to Patrick Galvan. Thank you for your opinions on the Showa era. You're a big fan of it, and we appreciate that. You're also right, because we also agree. Just show Godzilla best stuff, am I right? Well, Oh, I mean... screw you. Oh. Dine a fire. And a list of people we don't want to dine a fire. Uh, there's uh, Nick Ryan, Logan Taft, Daniel Gomez-Kirk, and one lovely fan that we love and appreciate, we need to drag you across the sea for a beer at some point, is Don and Ellie. Thank you, Don. You all have wonderful opinions, and it's great to take them in as a whole. And we just also discard anything else that was different. <laughs> what do you mean you preferred versus Biolante over, uh, no, Godzilla's Revenge? <laughs> Just Funnily enough, we didn't actually get any hate this time. I'm disappointed. Yes, I mean, we need more hate. Please, if you're reading this in the comments, spam some hate. We have more hate, just lots of hate. That's right, you can comment on spandexpowerarmor.com, our YouTube channel, our Facebook group, our Twitter handle, and also on SoundCloud, so you can shitpost anywhere you like. We thrive on hate. We thrive on it. And things that don't thrive on hate, but in fact commerce, is tokutoystore.com. Check them out, buy some action figures, they've got the good stuff. And so this is the almighty hypocrite Rex signing off. Stay fabulous. Keep on riding, folks. 